All right, Susie, KT, are you ready for today's podcast? Yeah, Robert, of course we're ready. Because we are unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I would never single girl. Mine's so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. February 2nd. 2023. Where's the time going, Susie? You always ask that question. You always do. Anyway, welcome everybody to the Women in Money podcast, as well as everybody smart enough to listen. This is Ask Katie and Susie anything. Anything. And if you want to ask us anything, just send in your question to Ask Susie podcast. That's S U Z E podcast at gmail.com. Listen to me. A lot of you are sending in really, 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 really long questions again. Isn't going to happen, people. I'm not going to pick them. Thousands of you are writing in. And so if you want a question answered, it has to be short, really short, or it's just not going to happen. Anyway, I'm excited. You know why? Why? Right. Well, I'm not exactly excited that the 49ers seriously got obliterated, right, on last Sunday. But I am excited that the Kansas City Chiefs won. I like that. Do you like that? Because your boyfriend is Mahomes. Mahomes. I call him, what do I call him? The cat's meow. (laughs) Anyway. So, but also, a lion credit union has raised their interest rates to 2.95%. Wow, almost 3%. That's incredible. On the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account. I love that a lot. Also, I just want to tell everybody that many of you have been worried that you're not going to be able to participate in the three and six month CDs that we're going to be offering in about one month through from now Alliant. through Alliant yeah. Credit Union. However, you will be able to because why? Alliant has decided, right, that everybody will be able to either purchase these, you know, in your ultimate opportunity savings account. And even if you don't have one, whatever account you happen to have. Just you have to be a member. That's it. Be a member. Just that simple, like KT said. And you go to myalliant.com, M-Y-A-L-L-I-A-N-T.com to become a member. There you go. Do you got questions for me today? I do. Are you Are sure? you ready? I'm ready. You looked a little sad. Are you sad today? Oh, no, no. I'm not sad, but I wanted to just tell the listeners that when I look through all of these emails, I think it's important sometimes to balance out the tragedies with the happy ones or the questions that are very simple and the questions that are very complicated. Uh-oh. So, so this is this going to be email, a complicated one no, for No, it's a sad one. It's not at all complicated for you, but it's a very sad email for, you know, for Pat who sent this in. And I want to share it. I I really felt my heart went out to you, Pat. And Susie, you're going to hopefully help her and anyone else that may ever experience something this tragic. Hi, Susie and KT. I wish this was a happy email, but it is not. Your podcast was a must before tragedy hit my life 
last October 16th, 2022. My only child ended his life on that day. I feel as if I have died that same day with him. Now I am struggling with getting my son's very few possessions in order. He was 21 at the time. He lived with me all his life, never married nor children. He did not leave a note or anything in writing. He didn't have a will or any other document where it would state his wishes. He didn't even add anyone as a beneficiary to his checking account investments or life insurance Mm -hmm. policy. This was all through his job, by the way. And again, he probably didn't know about that. All I knew he possessed was a checking account and two brokerage accounts, Fidelity and Robinhood, and his 2006 car that was paid for. A survivor's financial advisor through his former employer told me I could run his credit report to find out if maybe he had other accounts open. I can't do that. Experian asks for proof that I am authorized to act on his behalf, such as a copy of a legal document with a court seal indicating I am the executor of the estate. Yeah. And how do I get that? I am so lost. I just want to put an end to all of this. I want closure, Susie. His dad and I were able to receive the life insurance benefit after I filed all the needed documents with the insurance provider. But for these other accounts, they're making it so complicated. She said, Susie, I just don't have the brains or the stamina to do this. What advice can you give me? What should I do? So let's start with the first thing, Susie, that anyone dealing with a death, a sudden death needs to do. Well, what makes one's life easier in this situation, Pat, I'm so sorry. Mm, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for your loss. You know, what can I say other than that? There's really nothing that will heal your heart from this one for a while, if ever. Let me just see if I can take a larger viewpoint on this, which is what makes this process, whenever it happens at any stage of life, easier is when a few things have happened. Either the person has created a will saying where everything is to go, who's to be the executor and things like that, or a living revocable trust. You all know that I love the must-have documents, and I think they're something that all of you should have. However, in this particular situation, whenever you have an account like a 401k, all you have to do is always designate a beneficiary, and then it will go directly to that person. If you have a bank account, then you can do the same thing. It could be a transfer on death account or a pay on death account. So you've named somebody, so it never has to go through probate. Same thing with life insurance. Life insurance should always have a beneficiary named. When you don't have a beneficiary named, as in this case, Pat, then everything is dictated by what's called intestate succession. So when somebody dies without a will and they have assets that that do not have 
a designated who it's to go to, pay on death or transfer on death name. Then you are governed by the intestate laws of the state that you live in. Because your son lived with you, he did not have any siblings, any, any you know, spouse, any children, nothing else. You and his father are entitled to 100% of everything that he has. So you now have to prove that, number one, he's dead. So hopefully you got a certified death certificate. I'm not exactly sure if you did or not. But again, for an overview on this for everybody, if ever you experience a death of a loved one, you have to immediately get a certified death certificate. And that is where you have a death certificate that has been certified. The easiest way to do that is through the funeral home or the mortuary. It usually will cost $10 or $20 for a certified one. You should have at least 10 of them, preferably 20. As time passes, like in this case, since it was last October, you can't go to the funeral home anymore. It's got to be done right away. So then in this case, what you would do is you would go to the Bureau of Vital Statistics and that is where you would apply to get a certified death certificate. But first, you are going to have to be appointed by the court in your state that you are the executor and that you have the right to do all of these things. Now, I know that, Pat, you, you, you don't have a brain for it, you say. Well, how would you? At this point in time, you're not in your brain, you're in your heart. And your heart is broken. And when your heart is broken, your brain is broken as well. And that's true for everybody because you can't think straight because you are hurting so badly. Therefore, you need to just take your time. You need to just do this step by step. You might want to go to the County of Vital Records and see if you could get everything you need there. But you may very well need to do what? Go and get it assigned where you are the executor. You might need a lawyer to help you do this. Mm -hmm. I think that would be the absolute best thing for you to do since it's just so difficult for you. But little by little, those are the things that you have to do. And then you contact the brokerage firm, his bank, everybody, and all of that will be transferred to you. Just that simple. KT, I have to just say, when you die in intestate, mm. let's say her son, right, there were siblings and parents. Mm -hmm. It might be divided between all of them. It's very- Who, who determines there, that? For every state has what's called the rules of intestate succession, mm. which is how they determine the assets are to be split if you die without a will. Hmm. So that is something, all of you, that you don't want to have to go through. Trust me on that one. I know sometimes your kids are young and they don't have much. They have a car. Maybe they have, a, you know, a life insurance policy, whatever it may be. And you don't think that they need these things. 
They need these things. Absolutely. And you need to have the documents in order to protect you. Yeah. And it's no just matter that simple. What. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Good, Susie. Thank you for doing that. And Pat, again, we're so sorry for your loss. Yeah. All right. Next question. Susie, this next question's from John. Dear Susie and KT, I have a question or two. Did you pick that because it was your brother's name? No. You. We call my brother Johnny. 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 Okay, so dear Susie and KT, I have a question or two about rollover IRA accounts. My husband and I each have a rollover account for our old 401ks. He has approximately 12000 in his and I have about 30,000 in mine. We are both fast approaching 60 years of age. With the market down as it has been lately, a couple of positions in our rollover accounts are looking pretty good as far as adding to a position at a much lower cost basis. Are we allowed to contribute to these accounts since they are funded with pre-tax dollars? Are these accounts subject to RMDs as our 401ks are, when we reach a certain age. Are rollovers and 401ks treated the same way? Yes, rollovers, traditional rollovers, meaning pre-tax rollovers, and pre-tax 401ks, traditional 401ks, are treated the same way that if you were born between 1951 and 1959, then at the age of 73 is when required minimum distributions start. 1960 and later, you can wait till you are 75 years of mm. age. However, your first question is, can you contribute to this? If you are earning money and you make new contributions into this, that would be then a pre-tax contribution. It would be a traditional IRA. And you can put money in it because you can combine your IRA rollovers with your IRAs and all of that, fine, as long as they're all pre-tax. However, if you want to put more money into it, why not just open up a Roth IRA and do it through there if you qualify for it income tax? wise. So that's what I would be doing. That would be smarter for you than putting more money into a pre-tax situation if you ask me. Next question, KT. Okay, this is from Amy Lee. Hi, Susie and KT. Both myself and my husband's employers offer Roth 401ks, but we're not sure if we should be taking advantage of them. Is there an income level or tax bracket where you would say you would be better off using the traditional 401k? Thanks so much, Amy. So a few things, and this actually kind of relates to the last question too that John asked. And first of all, Amy, I have to tell you, I don't care what tax bracket I'm in right now. <laughs> if I could put money in a Roth 401k versus a traditional 401k. I had a company that offered them. Oh, you betcha, I would do it. There's Hands the down for two reasons. Hands down, a Roth 401k now is so fabulous. I can't even tell you why. Before Secure 2.0 was passed just a little bit ago, 
If you had money in a Roth 401k, you would have to start taking required minimum distributions out at the appropriate age. However, a Roth IRA, you don't have to take required minimum distributions out ever. That was one of the main differences between a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA. Now, because of Secure 2.0, you can leave that money in your Roth 401k for as long as you want to, and it is no longer required that you take required minimum distributions from a Roth 401k. And that then takes me back to why are you better off doing a Roth 401k versus a traditional 401k is because you can just leave it in there for the rest of your life. You can put larger amounts of money in there than you can in a Roth IRA. And anytime you want, you can always convert it to a Roth IRA. You just want to make sure that the Roth IRA has been open for at least five years. But no, a Roth 401k is so fabulous now. I don't see any downside in it at all. Okay, go Roth. All right. All right. Next question from Dana. Hi, Susie. I'm in my late 60s and I have a small alimony coming to an end. Before my divorce, my husband siphoned all his money and stopped contributing his salary to our joint account. I was in a very violent, abusive marriage and everything was controlled by him until I finally had the guts to sign a lifetime restraining order. Good for you, Dana. And then she said, long story short, I ended up with very little in an IRA. It's in cash for years because I just don't know what to do with it. I don't want to lose it. So I need some advice. However, there's other circumstances. All of my ex's marital debt was allowed to be discharged years ago in an individual bankruptcy. The debts became mine. So I followed the same horrible path. I lost my house, which was the only safety net I had. Susie, what should I do? Now, Susie, this this was the reason I picked this question is because I didn't know that can happen. The debts became hers. Yeah. Wow. What, what really is important, everybody. I never knew that. Yeah. Is that when you when you get married, this is very important for you to understand. Even if your spouse has credit cards in their individual name, at the bottom of the application, it asks, are they married? And when they say yes, then there's a little tiny thing in really small writing that says, these debts will then be jointly and severably liable, Mm. which means that if you separate, the other person is liable for the debt that that person charges on that individual credit card. So that's why I have always asked all of you to please sign a prenuptial agreement before you're married that states that you are not responsible for any debt occurred after the marriage takes place. 
and that you should always make sure that you should know that if your spouse is opening up an individual credit card, that that credit card knows that there's a prenup stating that. So where does she begin with this? What, what is but Dana? it's important for everybody to know because Dana's already gone through this. Yeah, she's 60. That if you are in a relationship and now you're getting a divorce and any money is owed on any credit cards, especially those that were in joint names, that those credit cards have to be paid off in full and closed down. Otherwise, your ex-spouse can now claim bankruptcy like Dana's did. And then what will happen is the creditors will come knocking at your door. And unless you have to claim bankruptcy like Dana did, you are going to be the ones to pay those debts. What about other debt? Student loan, mortgage? No, student loan debt. Well, not as long as they didn't combine their student loan debt. Mm -hmm. As long as the student loan debt is an individual name. Mm -hmm. Dana's not responsible for that. However, now, Dana, to answer your question, which is, you know, you have this little IRA, it's in cash, and it's been that way for years, because you don't know what to do with it. Any advice? Basically, you have to know that you feel secure. You're in your late 60s here. So you want to make sure that this money is kept safe and sound. Wherever that account happens to be, you might want to ask them, can you purchase treasury bills, three and six month treasury bills right now within that IRA? And they will probably say yes to you. And it's those types of investments, certificates of deposit, things like that, that you should do right now. Okay. All right. Next question is from Israel. What? Are there going to be any more sad ones? <laughs> I hope not. All right, keep going. Keep going. All, <laughs> All right. right. Next question is from Israel. There's my smiley baby doll. Hi, Susie. <laughs> on a previous podcast, you mentioned to buy T-bills on a secondary market. Since these transactions would entail some fees, why not buy them through the brokerage account or, ready everybody, Treasury Direct? Israel, you absolutely can and should do it that way. I don't have a problem with that at all. Sometimes people like doing it on the secondary market because they know exactly what they're going to get, and it's just that easy. And sometimes you can arrange it with your brokerage firm as well on the secondary market that there is no fee, just depending on your situation. Go on, Katie. Okay, similar question. Susie, this is from Daniel. Do you have any problem putting emergency savings into short-term T-bills or at least part of it? No, not on any level. If you do three or six-month treasury bills or maybe you want to take Alliant Credit Union up on their offer CDs, and baby. do a three or and or six-month CD, you can do it there as well. And then when you want, that money can go into your Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account currently earning 2.95%, you might want to look at that as well. To do so, by the way, you all should go to my, M-Y, Alliant, A-L-L-I-A-N-T, dot com. And that's where you open up the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account. All right. All right. This is from Patty. My husband is 65 and on disability. I am 63 and working. 
We have a net worth of about $2 million. Good for Our, you. Yeah, good for you guys. House is paid off. Kids are grown, independent, and financially stable. And then, wait, Patty writes, yay. <laughs> <laughs> We're cheering you on too, Patty. Our 15-year term insurance has run its course. The renew rate is about four times what we've been paying. How do I know if we still need term insurance? By simply asking yourself the question, if you died, Patty, or your spouse died, would you still be totally financially okay? If the answer to that is yes, then you don't need term insurance anymore. However, at 63, with a net worth of $2 million, shortly you're going to be able to collect Social Security here and everything. You do not need term insurance. I can already tell you that one. All right. Susie, this next one is my favorite. This is my very favorite, favorite email. It's from Roz. I'm just starting out, Susie. I'm getting my finances on track. I have $2,000 in a savings account and $1,000 in emergency cash. Is it worth it for me to even buy a three-month CD at this point? It seems like I need more money to put in a CD to make the interest gained worthwhile. Is my thinking correct? I just got a small raise at work. I'm planning on using that new income to start and fund a Roth IRA. It seems like everyone else is working with thousands of dollars and I'm working with just pennies, Susie. Not saying the principles don't apply, but just disheartening to see my yield on a three month is equivalent to maybe a meal at a restaurant. I need to help with my thinking so I can keep growing my money. So we don't know how old Roz is, but let's assume Roz is about 25. Yeah. So you asked me a question in here, is my thinking correct? <laughs> it is so not correct. I can't even tell you. More important than the amount of money that goes into a savings or a Roth IRA is time. The magic ingredient. Time, because a compounding is more important than the amount of money that you actually put in, believe it or not. And I'll just give you an example. Let's just say that you're 25. That's how old we're making her. Uh, yeah, make Ross right. 25. And let's just say you put in only $100 a month in this Roth IRA. A pittance for what probably other people are putting in. $100 a month, and you do so for 45 years, because now 70 is the new retirement age. You're all aiming towards 70. And let's just say over those 45 years that the markets went up and they went down, but over those 45 years, you averaged an 8% annual average rate of return. In 45 years, you would have about $500,000. Wow. However, if you were to do true market returns, because I was being conservative there, that over all of that time, 45 years, let's say you just averaged 11%, you would have $1.2 million. Amazing, right? Compounding, compound, compound. And that's at 100 dollars a month. Now, this is what I would do if I were you. 
I really want you to take me up on the ultimate opportunity savings account at Alliant Credit Union. And let me just give you an example as to why. Let's say you took $100 a month, forget the Roth IRA, whatever it is, you just took $100 a month and put it in one of these accounts right now that are saying they'll pay you 3 or 4% or whatever, right? And usually those are accounts that require very high minimums and they're kind of just suckering you in and will change the rate in my opinion, all right? But just let's say you do that. After one year, you would have 1200 you put in $1,200, $100 a month for 12 months, you would have $1,225. So you would have earned $25 in interest over that year at $100 a month if some institution was paying you 4%. If you put $100 a month into the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account at Alliant Credit Union, where they're currently paying 2.95%, at the end of 12 months, you would have $1,319. Now, why is that? That is because with the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account, if you put in $100 a month, every month for 12 consecutive months, Alliant will give you $100. So that $100 makes a serious difference. It comes out to be an 18% return on your money versus a 4% return if you go somewhere else. So again, myalliant.com. Com look for Susie. Is, and look for me is yeah. where you need to go. That was one of the reasons that we started the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account. So you should take advantage of it, my girlfriend. All right. You know what time it is. Uh-oh. You know what time it is. I know. I have an interesting one for you. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So this one is from Jaffa. All right. Mm-hmm. She says, Susie. Please don't be mad at me. Uh-oh. I love that. <laughs> I'm 69, but two months ago, I foolishly requested to collect my social security benefits. I don't really even need the income from it. I believe my first check would arrive in February. I know it's dumb, but it's done already. So the question to all of you, because Quizzy Time is all about, can KT answer this Quizzy, but can all of you answer this Quizzy as well? Because these are the things that you need to know. So KT, can Jaffa, she's already started, it's going to be here, it's already probably here at the first of this month now, is there anything she can do about it? I don't think so. So she's stuck. I think so. All right. And is that your answer? Because she already claimed. Yeah, unless she defers it. She can't defer it. She already claimed. So if she already claimed it, she's it's done. Dumb and done. All right. Done and done. All right. Is that your final answer? Well, I think so. I think you're stuck. I think you just have to take the money. <clears throat> okay, so what can she do? All right, everybody. You have 12 months. To change your mind? Yes, from the time. Oh, wait, I didn't know that. Well, that's why I picked this quiz. Okay, did any of you know that? No. 
It's did, a, any, did, did any, I mean, is this something everyone Katie, knows? are you defending yourself again? No, 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 I'm just asking. Right, let me answer this and okay. tell everybody what they need to know. All right. More than smoothing your little feathers here because you got to... Uh, Anyway, I'm sure everybody else did as well. So that shouldn't make you feel bad, Katie. Okay, I didn't know that. You have 12 months from the time that you claim Social Security to let them know you want to give them all the money back and start over. Now, in this situation, Jaffa, what I would be doing if I were you, ready? I would be taking this Social Security check that you do not need and I would be investing it in where? Either a three or six month treasury bill or CD, whatever state you're living in makes sense to you. And at the end of the time, maybe in seven or eight months from now where that money has earned interest, Mm. I would call them and say, I've changed my mind. And it used to be, now maybe they've changed this, but I don't think so. It used to be that when you paid them back, you paid them back without any interest. You just gave them the money, which was the amount of your social security check. So you then pay that back and then you start it when you are 70. So if you can do that and that makes sense to you, great. If that's too much trouble for you and you don't need the money, do me a favor, just call them back Tell them you don't want it now, and you're going to be starting it at 70. Just that simple. But those are two things that you can do and you should do. All right, Katie. What's that look for now? Well, now what? It's over. (laughs) Now we go feed our chickens. Let's have breakfast and feed the chickens. The chickens haven't been coming every morning. It makes me very sad. I have to show everyone that the chickens are eating out of your hand. I know, but little still. C, little seed, she orders them really good organic. For two mornings in a row, they did not show up. I think because they're getting big now, they're kind of on their own. And I sit there and I go, chicky, 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 come here, chicky, chicky, chicky. And nobody comes. I wait for like a half an hour. The sun has just come up. And I'm like, where are you? And it's so sad. Did we lose our they're, babies? Yeah, I think so. They're like teenagers now. now we they're see big. them eating other places, but no more. Are they coming to us? All right, so, KT, are you ready to take us out? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, so there's only one thing that we want all of you to say every single morning when you wake up, and it is as follows. Today, Today, wherever wherever I go, go, I will create a a peaceful, joyful, loving, world. All right, everybody, say it every single day and make it come true. Until Sunday, there's really only one thing that I want for you. I want you to stay safe and for you to never stop yourself from being who you are meant to be and what you want to do. All right, see you Sunday. Have a great day. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm unstoppable, I'm a buzzer with no brakes, I'm invincible, see I win every single game, mine's so powerful, I don't need batteries to play, I'm so confident, yeah, I'm unstoppable today, unstoppable today, unstoppable.
Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.